Go with me to Romans, please. The first chapter. Romans 1. We began some weeks ago on a series we're calling Living by Faith. And we're big on faith around here. As you might have gathered from it being written on the building and on the signs and things like that. But it's because we're convinced God himself is very, very big on faith. In fact, if you want to please him in any element or area, part of your life, there is no other way except to do what you do from, of, with, and by faith. Anybody interested in pleasing God in your life? Then you've got to be interested in faith. In Romans, the first chapter, verse 15. Romans 1, 15, he, Paul said by the Spirit, as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And I'm ready to preach the gospel to you at Sarasota. And Branson. I know a little bit about how he feels, I think. Verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, if you were ashamed in any shape, form, or degree, you wouldn't be ready, would you, to preach it. If you don't speak it with confidence, it's not going to inspire confidence. Uh, Ministers that are with me and listening, this is something the Lord showed me when I first began 35 years ago, I guess. Uh, in the ministry, the Lord uh, showed me that the people's uh, response is a reflection of me if I'm the one ministry. If I'm not excited about it, there's not likely you're going to be. <laughs> right? If I'm not, you know, just victorious in the truth of it, And absolutely fully persuaded of it and convinced of of it working and it producing results, then uh, you're not going to be. The excitement, the uh, encouragement of the, the folks in the congregation is a direct reflection of me or whoever's speaking. Right? If we're if you're hearing what we're saying and we're thinking about the same thing then uh, if I'm not excited, you're probably not going to be excited either. And, and, and if I drag up here and go, you know, uh, I'm not doing very good. Y'all pray for me. And I, I really don't want to be here, just to tell you the truth. But, you know, I, uh, the Lord said go, so here I am. And I know you already know all this, but we're going to go over a few things, and if you can, just bear with me. (laughs) That's not humility. I know a lot of people think that's humility. That's not humility. That's actually disrespect, dishonoring this word dishonoring the mighty Holy Spirit who is our teacher, dishonoring the anointing, disrespecting the call. 
Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you'll understand this or not. But the revelation, the anointing, the truth, the ministry that the Lord gives us, Phyllis and me, and, and comes through us in this church, is some of the very best you will hear anywhere in the world. It is. It's some of the, and it's not because I dreamt it up or thought it up. It's something the Lord gives us. I didn't say it was better than everybody else. You heard what I said. It's some of the best. You won't be able to find any better. Let me say it like that. You will be able to find as good a number of places, but you won't be able to find much better. And it's not because I think I'm all that. It's because I am so amazed at the God who lives in us. At the Holy Spirit who anoints us. At this word that will quicken you, heal you, fix you, straighten you up and out. Like nothing else on the planet can. And I'm just saying, if you're a minister, if you speak, if you preach, if you teach, you need to value what God gives you. And you need to handle it like it's precious, because it is. And if you will handle it, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, he said, when you heard the word which I, I preached, you received it. You received it not as the words of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God. And he said, and it works effectually in you. Because they received it with honor and respect, it was changing their life. It was doing things in them. Bless people's hearts. There's a lot of folk, they go to church, they're there, and, and, and before they even start the service, they're thinking about how quick they can get out. And it's just like checking the box. I went to church. I went to church. I went to church. And, and, the, and sometimes the ministry don't want to be there. And the people don't want to be there. And it shows. You can feel it. You can tell it. But as you can tell by uh, how long we tend to hang around. <laughs> and are not worried and rushed about it. <laughs> if it's important. It's worth taking time with. It's worth doing right. And we're supposed, things are supposed to happen when we come to church. We are supposed to bring something to the Lord and give it to Him. Our worship, our praise, our offerings, our faith, our love, our service. We're supposed to give it to Him and He will receive it if it's done in faith and love from the heart. And then we, there are, there's something we're supposed to get from Him. Before we leave here, we're supposed to get it, receive it, and it's precious, and it makes us who we're supposed to be, and gives us the life we're supposed to have. Can you say amen? Amen, amen or I'll think about it, or <laughs> uh, moving right along. <coughs> Verse uh 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God under salvation. 
to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's what, that's what I was just talking about. I'm not ashamed of the good news the Lord gives us either. Amen. Verse 17, for therein, in this anointed word, in this anointed gospel, good news message, the righteousness. Now that's an old English King James word. It just means that which is right and good. The rightness of God. And how many know he's right about everything? And if you disagree with him about anything, guess who's wrong? (laughs) Every time. (laughs) He's always right. And the longer it takes for you to figure that out, the rougher it's going to (laughs) be. Come on, somebody just say it. Let me hear you say it. He He is always. always. Every time. time. Right. Right. He's always right. He's always right. But the rightness of God is revealed how? From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We've talked about what it means to live by faith and to walk by faith. In fact, just hold your place here and go again to 2 Corinthians 4 where we looked last week. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Hold your place in Romans 1. We're we're not done there. But 2 Corinthians 4.18, he said, while we look not at the things which are seen, But, in other words, but we look at, we do look at, the things which are not seen. How do you look at something that's not seen? If it's not seen, how do you see it? How do you see the unseen? Well, I'm hearing some answers I agree with, by by faith. But at the At the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. He's revealing this is a choice. Faith is a choice. Walking by faith, living by faith is a choice. It's a choice every day. Now you'll hear all kind of stuff. Uh, Satan exists and he is the God of this world. Not God, our Father. Now that is a shocking revelation to much of the church. And it disrupts one of the main doctrines that much of the present day church believes is that God is in control of everything. And this has hurt the church. In the world, it's hurt the church terribly because the implication is, if people don't just come outright and say it, everything that happens, your teenager gets killed in a car wreck, somehow it was God's will. We don't understand it, but his ways are mysterious. Your spouse die at age 28 from cancer, well, God had a plan. There must be a reason. We just don't understand it because God is in control. And then you look throughout the whole earth at the war, at the devastation, at the cruelty that's going on in so many places. 
And, and people are going to say, well, I, we, we don't understand it, but you know, God knows what he's doing. God's in control. That just is not true. It's not true. Look in the scripture. We're here in 2 Corinthians. So we're, we're already at the right place. Right up here in the first part of the chapter. 2 Corinthians 4 and 3. If our gospel be hid. Everybody say hid. hid. Now see all this flows together because we're just talking about seeing things. Not looking at what's seen, but looking at what's not seen. If our gospel is hid, it's hid to who? Those that are lost. It's hid from them. Well, who would hide it from them? Is God hiding the gospel from people? Read the very next verse. In whom the God of this world little g, (laughs) has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Who is blinding the minds of men? Our Father God, creator of the heavens and the earth? Certainly not. So then who is the Bible calling the God of this world? It is the devil. He is ruling and reigning on this planet right now. Which is why it's in the mess that it's in. And if he had his way, it would be completely destroyed. If the devil had his perfect will, if people would completely yield to him all over the planet, he would destroy this thing in a hurry. All of humanity would be wiped out. He hates us. He's a killer by nature. He's a... There's never been a more cruel being that we have anything to know about. Any human beings that you see, they're just, you might say, unbelievably cruel. They get it from him. And he's worse than they are. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. He's a murderer. He's a liar. He invented lying. The devil fathered gendered lying. Lying does not come from God. There are things on this planet that God didn't create. Like lying. And there's all kind of things on this planet God's not doing. The God of this world. And everybody that's yielding to him are doing it. Now there's coming a time. I said there's coming a time. When the Lord is going to fix this. You can read about it in the back of the book. He's going to recreate this. Actually he's going to melt this thing down. The elements of the earth are going to melt with fervent heat. And he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth where there is no curse and no death. And the devil and those that follow him are going to be removed from it and cast into the lake of fire and affect humanity no more. Then we're going to find out what it's like for God to be in control. (laughs) It's going to be perfection. But right now, the God of this world is wreaking havoc 
among men. Stealing, killing, and destroying all over the place. Blind in the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now skip on down again to the 18th verse. All of that flows together. And he sums it up here by saying, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. It's a choice. You could say it like this. We choose not to look at the things that are seen, but we choose to look at unseen things. And of course you do that by faith, but that's a choice. Now what's being revealed is that there are other dimensions beyond what we perceive with our physical senses. And even those who are pursuing the study of science and space and exploration, many of them uh, agree together in theory that there are many dimensions that exist beyond what we are aware of. Even unbelievers think that, that pursue the, the subject. And the Bible clearly reveals to us there's a dimension called spirit that is not perceptible to the, our receptors in this physical material world. And yet, it is very, very real. Hmm? Very real. And if you don't accept that by faith then you, are, you would be one of these that's easily blinded. Because one of the devil's favorite deceptions is for most of the world to believe he doesn't even exist. Right. Allows him to work unhindered, unchecked. Phyllis and I were talking about this the other day. Some, some person had committed some terrible crime. And you'll hear a lot of these folks say, a voice told me to do it. Voices told me to do it. And some of them afterwards will say, I don't know why I did that. It's just, that that's not me. And, and the regret consumes them. And what you'll see is again and again, these murderous thoughts, these terrible, cruel things, these people didn't think up on their own. The enemy brought them to them. Feelings, suggestions, Thoughts, impressions, temptations. And a lot of times they threw them aside and go, that's crazy. I'd never do anything like that. But he's a persistent cuss. He'll bring it back a thousand times over 30 years. And he tries to wear people down until they get to thinking about it. And they're not going to do it. They're just thinking about it. And then they think about it some more, and they think about it some more, and they think, and it begins to get in them. They begin to get obsessed with this thing. You go down that road far enough, you will act on those things. But see, this is not just natural. This is not just people sitting down one day and deciding, I'm going to go do this terrible thing. There are spiritual influences at work. 
all over the planet. And what are they trying to influence people to do? Lie, deceive, steal, kill, destroy. It's the devil. And if you walk by faith, you have to walk with an awareness of the realm of spirit. That's what this is all about. If you don't believe there is a spirit realm, then you don't believe God exists. You don't believe there's heaven. You don't believe there's hell. You you probably don't believe there's life after death. You don't believe anything like that. Because all you believe is what you can perceive with your five physical senses. But that's that's hypocritical. Hmm? Because that same person will tell you they believe in love. What's love? Well, I'm just talking about they say they love their family. They love their kids. Love is not physical. What is it? Thought. Joy. Elation. Sorrow. Not material. Not physical. You can't put your finger on it. You can't see it under a microscope. Or with a telescope. Is it real? Everybody knows it's real. Well, it's not physical. It's not material. No, evidences of spirit and spirit reality are everywhere. They're all around us and in front of us. If you have eyes to see it. And if you're willing to see it. There's a whole lot of people just don't want to know it. They don't want to see it. Because if you acknowledge that God exists and that he's real, then you also acknowledge you have a responsibility Amen. to your creator. Yes. And a whole lot of folks don't, they don't want that to be true. So we just, and people say things like this, I just can't believe all that stuff. I'm sorry. I'm educated. I'm intelligent. I have a degree. I can't believe all this religious stuff. Not asking you to. I don't like religious stuff myself. (laughs) One of the biggest problems is God being misrepresented by religion invented by man that has nothing to do with God. A lot of what people believe about God is what men came up their ideas about who and what God is. And so much of it is just so wrong. But the Bible is right. I said the Bible is right. And God is real. Go with me back to Romans. I tell you what, hold your place in Romans. It's not going anywhere. And go to Hebrews 11, that great faith chapter. Actually, it starts in the latter part of 10. But Hebrews 10 38. Hebrews 10.38 says now, the just shall do what? Live by faith. We saw last week, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.7 said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Everybody say that out loud. We walk walk by faith. faith. Then he goes on to specify what? Not by sight. We need to say that again a time or two. We walk, 
I walk by faith. What? Not, not by sight. If the just live by faith, if any man draw back my soul, I have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what? Of what? If you're going to operate in faith, you're going to operate with things about things not seen. You can't separate the two. Because that's what faith is. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now we've seen this through multiple places in the New Testament already. Is this significant? If you want to know about faith and walking by faith, you must not miss this. You can't walk in faith while you walk by sight. But you look at something that's not seen. Well, if you don't believe there is a dimension that's just as real as this one, that's real and yet unseen, unperceptible to this realm, you can't walk by faith. You can't walk by faith. Because faith itself is evidence of what? Things not seen. I've heard people say, I'm not going to believe in something I can't see. (laughs) Like we've already said. They'll turn right around in a few minutes and contradict themselves talking about their thoughts. Which they've never seen or touched. Their feelings. Is that right? Their love, their hate, their whatever. I'm not going to believe in something I can't see, touch. It's not real. (laughs) Then how much of your life is not real then? And how how prideful and arrogant is that? We've been alive about that long. And so we're going to declare, because I ain't seen it with my eyeball, (laughs) it can't exist. (laughs) That that is just, it's really stupidity. I mean, if you're just going to be honest and have a little bit of humility, you'd just say, well, I don't know. How would I know? But man, all you got to do is go outside, look up in the night sky and go, man, there's a whole lot going on out there. (laughs) That's God. Not a whole bunch of stuff that men have written about him in books. That's God. That's who he is. That's what he is. And even researchers are coming to a conclusion that, you know, space is, is big. That, and they don't even cover it. <laughs> but they're saying, there's a whole lot out there that we can't see. And yet it's there. And they've named it dark matter. <laughs> which is code word for we ain't got a clue. but it's there and there's a whole lot of it it's everywhere (laughs) faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen read the next couple of verses for by it the elders obtained a good report now verse 3 through faith 
we understand. That could be the title of the message tonight. Through faith, we what? There's a whole lot of people scratching their head. I just don't understand what this life's about, why I'm here, why, what all this is going on. And until you get some faith, you will never understand any of it. It will be a closed book to you. The rightness of God is revealed. Did you hear that word? Revealed means disclosed, uncovered, Made known, shown. God's rightness is revealed, how? From faith to faith. You want to see some more? You want to understand some more? Got to get you some more faith. Because it's not revealed. To the unbelievers. It's not revealed to those that despise God. And deny his very existence. They're going to be left blind, dumb, deaf, spiritually oblivious. To the greatest reality that's all around them. And they will live their little pitiful life like this is all there is. And then when they breathe their last, they're going to get a great big revelation. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of the Lord that you're not in that state tonight, not lost? I want to see people come in, don't you? Let's believe for people to come in. Let's believe for people to come in. They don't all have to come through through our doors, just just wherever that the Lord will bring them. But a lot of them could. We're part of the body of Christ, right? Let's let's believe for people. I mean, uh, they don't have to. It doesn't have to happen in this building. It can happen on the job site with you, or uh, right at the grocery store, or uh, people can come in. Amen. But it won't be by talking about a bunch of dead religion stuff that's not even real, but about the reality of God. And this dimension, this other dimension called spirit. Through faith, we understand that the world's plural, not just our world, the worlds were framed how? How were they framed? By the word of God. So that what? The things of the worlds that are seen were not made of what? Things which do appear. You hear people say God made the world out of nothing. Not true. Things are not nothing. They're made out of things. It's just things you can't see. And the reason why Answering the question, how did all this begin, has been so evasive, is because the brightest minds endeavored to trace it back to what they call the beginning or the Big Bang, but nobody can figure out what caused the Big Bang. And they'll say it is this unknowable mystery. And the reason you cannot understand it 
is because it takes faith to acknowledge it came out of another dimension. It came out of another realm. It came out of a realm of things that are not seen from this realm. But it is real. I said it is real. In fact, every material thing came out of the realm that is not seen from the material. And people that pursue it further, they'll acknowledge that this thing right here that feels so firm can be reduced to energy. And people can see there are atoms and, and there are things circling around nuclei. And, and the amazing thing is, what's holding it together? Why doesn't it just all come apart? Well, there's an answer. All things are upheld by the word of his power. Why does your body stay together, all the atoms? Because the word that spoke it into existence that's holding the planet together, the same word that causes gravity to continue... And the forces that cause the planets to rotate around each other in our star, the sun, causes your body to stay together. Amen. It's called the Word of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And unbelievers will go, Pah. <laughs> well, just stay dumb then. <laughs> you will never be able to figure it out. Because you can't understand it except what? Through faith. Come on, let's read this again. Through faith. What? How you understand. There's twofold application at least here. You understand it through faith and you understand that it happened through faith. And it is revealed how? From faith to faith. A whole lot of faith here. Why? Because all matter was created by God's faith. And it's not seen. But it was in him. The energy, if you will. God is light. And the light is power. Vast power, beyond what we know. And he, all of this came out of him, out of the light that he is. And he released it with his faith-filled words. And that which is not seen in faith and light became matter. Exactly what happened when a virgin conceived. The word became matter. Flesh, material, spirit became material, became matter, light, energy became material. What do you think? Let me read to you from the Amplified on this. Hebrews 11.1, the Amplified. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Of the things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see. 
and the conviction of their reality. That rhymes, don't it? The proof of things we do not see. Conviction of reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Can something exist that you can't feel or touch or smell or taste or see under a microscope? Oh, it does. It does. And can you get something from God and have it? And as of yet, you can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't touch it. That's how we justified ones are to live every day of our life. That's how we are to walk and function. What? Not looking at what's seen. This is already here. This is already done. If you want something changed, you don't look at this. You look at the spirit realm. You focus on that dimension. You want something to happen there that will change this. And that's not far-fetched because all of this came from there to start with. And when you walk by faith, you're not moved by what you see and feel down here because all this is old news. (laughs) We're moving on to the next thing. We say it sometimes, prayers get previews. Prayers get previews. What do you mean? Well, if you spend time with the Lord and pray, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to show you things to come. Well, if he's showing you things to come, what does that mean? It's not seen yet. How can he show it to you if it's not seen yet? Because there it already is. You're looking at it there and it's real. But if we'll believe him and follow him, it'll materialize here. It'll manifest here, happen here. But if we look at our problem, we go, I wish it would change. I wish it would change. Why would it change? I wish it would change. I wish it would change. I wish it would change. You're looking at the things that are seen, stuck in this dimension and realm. Not walking by faith. Come on, somebody say it again. I walk walk by faith. faith. Not. Not. What does not mean? I don't walk by sight. I look at the things that are not seen. Not the things that are seen. Because the things that are seen are temporary. Temporal. Changing. Subject to change. But the things that are not seen are e. Eternal. Eternal. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to the Weiss translation of this. Verse 1. Now faith is the title deed of things hoped for. You know, if you got the title deed, you got it. I had that little red truck for a month and a half, and uh, I was going in school. Couldn't drive it. But we had paperwork. So that's my truck. Why would you, you, you believe that's your truck? That's my truck. You don't have it. You, you're not driving it. It's not where you are. Yeah, but if you have the title, it's your truck. He said that's what faith is. If you got the faith for it, 
You got it. Before you can see it. Before you can feel it. It's the proof of things which are not being seen. For by means of this, this faith, the elders had witness born to them. By means of faith, we perceive that the material universe and the God-appointed ages of time were equipped and fitted by God's word for the purpose for which they were intended. And it follows, therefore, that that which we see did not come into being out of that which is visible. Is there another dimension? Yes. Spirit. Is it real? Yes. God is spirit. If you don't believe in spirit, you don't believe in God. This is how Enoch got translated. Verse 5. By faith Enoch was conveyed to another place. <laughs> With the result that he did not see death. And he was not found because God had conveyed him to another place. Where? They couldn't find him. Where? Where was he? If they couldn't find his body, where did he go? They couldn't find Elijah's body either. Remember we read about it recently? They looked and looked, tried to find it. Why? Because material... Was transferred into the spirit realm. And is out of here. (laughs) Before his removal. He had witness born to him. And his testimony still being on record. To the effect that he pleased God. He pleased God. Now without faith it's impossible to please him at all. For he who comes to God. Must of the necessity in the nature of the case. Believe that he exists. And if you believe that. You believe in spirit. And he becomes a rewarder of those who diligently seek him out. Is spirit real? Does it exist? Can it influence this realm? Can it change this realm? Yes, it can. That's how people get born again. Spiritual forces recreated them inside. That's how you can be healed. The spirit power of God that's unseen can create a new organ in a body. Healing power, spirit power, can manifest and burn and dematerialize cancer and infection. This to me is one of the most amazing things. And boy, we're we're getting into some stuff tonight. I'm just going to stay with it. You care? I believe you get a glimpse of some of the powers of the world to come when you start talking about evaporation. We understand the concept. We see it down here. Don't we? Rain. Water. You go out in the morning. There's a great big puddle. Big puddle of water. Might have got your shoes wet. You come back later in the day. Especially in the summertime. Down here. And what? What? You mean it disappeared? (laughs) How does something material just disappear? So a lot of folks will say, that's impossible. Things don't just disappear just every day. (laughs) All around you. Solids 
become gases. It was there. Now it's gone. (laughs) There are laws and there are forces that cause that solid, that material puddle of water to transform into another form. Right? Mm -hmm. That you couldn't see with your eyes it was leaving there. And by the time you come back that evening it became you know light enough to float on the air and is over 100 miles out over the Atlantic. (laughs) That puddle you walked through this morning. The power of God can do that to cancer, infections, inflammations. I've seen it before. I've been with people that it it happened before. They begin to say, it's burning, it's burning. It's just burning in me. What was it? What's burning in them? The power of God. And then they went back and had a checkup and the problem wasn't there. Something happened to it. Something spiritual happened to it. And healing. God put a certain amount of healing in your body. If you skin your knee or elbow, what'll happen? Next time somebody tells you, I don't believe in healing. You ask them that. You ever scrape your elbow? Huh? Ever skin your knee? What happened to it? Oh, it healed. It did what? It did what? Thought you don't believe in that. Oh, it's the same thing. It comes from the same source. Thing is, where that came from, there's a whole lot more. And God can crank up. He can multiply healing power working in a body by two, three, four, five, a hundred, a thousand. And that's when you see some instantaneous things happen. It's just so much healing power working that it just happens. Boom, it's done. Or it would have taken six weeks and they're solid and healed in two weeks. Anytime somebody has a surgery or anything like that, ask the Lord if they'll agree with you. Now, if they're an adult and they don't believe it and they won't agree with you, you can't push it off on them. I know you want to, but you just can't any more than you you can put salvation off on them. But if they'll agree with you, ask the Lord to speed up the healing process working in their body and they'll recover way faster. It gives the Lord an, an open door opportunity to work. Ask him to speed up the healing process, to increase it, to make it stronger. Because I mean, if they're healthy, normally they will heal up, right? Over a period of time. But the Lord will add to it. He'll make it stronger. He'll increase it. You believe it? Go with me to Mark the sixth chapter. Let's touch on what we looked at last time. The just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. What does that mean? Well, if you walk by faith, you don't walk by sight. What does that mean? That means you don't look at the things that are seen. But you do look at what? You look at things that are not seen. How can you do that? Through faith, you understand. How that all material things were created from things you can't see. From another dimension. From another realm. 
Go by John before you go to uh, Luke. Go by John and the fourth chapter. John chapter 4. John 4 and 21. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And uh, through a word of knowledge, he talked to her about all the marriages and situations she had been through. And uh, so then she wanted to talk to him about religion <laughs> and, and get spiritual with him, you know, and, and where was the right place to worship because that was a big controversy in the region. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. Reckon how many people are like that today. They go to church, they go to buildings, they, they, go, they have services, but they don't have a clue what they're worshiping or what they're doing. You don't know what you're worshiping. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. That's The law was given to the Jews. Jesus came from the Jews. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father how? In spirit. How? In spirit. in spirit and in truth. Oh, thank you, Lord. He's helping us. Two things we've already touched now. Big keys to access this unseen realm. One of them is faith. We've already talked about. Here's another. Truth. Truth. Another way of saying it is honesty. A companion of honesty is humility. You show me a truly humble person, I'll show you a very honest person. You can't separate them. God, it's impossible for him to lie. His word is truth. And he doesn't regard vanity. You, it's impossible to con him. Right? You, you can't. So if you want to get next to God and close to God, you have to get real. Amen. <laughs> what do you mean? No phoniness. No junk. If you're doing a bunch of stuff at church for other people to see you and hear you, you are not connecting to God. You can be sure of that. Because he knows. He sees phoniness a mile away, right? I mean, he, he knows your heart. And he doesn't look on the outward appearance like man looks. God sees what? He sees right inside you. The Bible said all things are open and naked, exposed before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Amen. And the word of God is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and join and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Well, when God looks at you, <laughs> you ain't hiding anything. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So if you want to be close to him, now people that don't want to be close to him, they don't like that. I know I, uh, <laughs> Phyllis and I had the privilege of serving with Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. and Miss Aretha. And he, uh, he was and he is a prophet, a man of God. And had revelation. 
He'd see things and know things supernaturally. And a whole lot of people that walk close to God see and know things supernaturally. This is not just with a person or two. But there's, I'd see folks and I'd be around them and, and, and we'd be somewhere and, and they wouldn't come around and, and they wouldn't spend any time with us and talk. And well, more than one would tell me, well, you know, Brother Hagen, he picks up things. <laughs> and I just say, I mean, sometimes when he's looking at me, I think he's just seeing everything in my life that I ever did wrong. And, and I, <laughs> well, no, that's not true. And people that truly are spiritual, even if they do see some things and know some things, they care about you. I said they care about you. And if they really are spiritual, they're not interested in judging you. And they're honest knowing that they themselves have missed it. Right? But but you'll see that. Well, if people will do that with men, how much more with the Lord? That's one reason sometimes people stay away from church and they stay away from the things of God because they they don't want to deal with God seeing and knowing everything. Oh, but friend, he already knows. I said he already knows. So don't run from him. Run to him. And and just, just open your heart and your soul and lay it bare and get absolutely as honest as you know how to be. And that will allow you to access the spirit realm. It will allow you to not be tethered and just tied to this realm. And you'll find yourself touching realities of spirit and being aware of spirit. The more honest you will be, the more aware you will be of that reality. But if you want to be phony and play games, you won't even be aware of it. You'll just be living totally tied to the material. Keep reading. He said, you worship, you know not what. The hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For God seeketh such to worship him. Is this true? Does God care if you want to be with him or not? He does. He wants, he's looking, he's seeking for people that will believe in him and believe he's good and get real with him. And what did he say? If you'll draw near to him. If you'll draw near to him. That's, that's how Enoch walked with God. By faith. He just walked out in the woods by himself. And said God I know you're here. I believe in you. I know you're real. And I believe you're a good God. I want to talk to you. I believe you want to talk to me. And by faith he just kept reaching out. And when he did get believing in God. Being real and open and humble and honest with God. He got closer and closer and closer and closer until God became so real to him. He became more real to him than this realm. And one day God said, you want to stay at my house? He said, yeah. Do I have to go back? He said, no. Come on, stay with me. (laughs) And his body dematerialized, became energy in the spirit realm. We're going to find out about this. I said, we're going to find out about this. When the trumpet sounds and the Lord comes back, the dead in Christ are going to rise. Well, some of those bodies, you couldn't find them if your life depended on it. They died out in the desert 800 years ago. 
Their atoms are cast to the four winds. God knows where every one of them is. They're going to come back together. And the power of God is going to rip through it like lightning. And it's going to be changed on a molecular level. That's as far as I know how to say it. It's probably more than that. And you'll have a body. It'll be this body that's glorified. And it will no longer, throughout the eons to come, it'll never again be subject to weakness, nor pain, nor aging, nor any such thing. It will have been, didn't the Bible say, we shall be changed. Oh, somebody say, I'm going to be changed. Go ahead and tell your body right now. Say, body, you are going to get changed. You are going to be changed. In a moment. In a twinkling of an eye. True. True. Well, where's Jesus going to be coming from? And the dead in Christ. Where were they? And where are they coming from? Spirit is real. Spirit is real. The Father seeks such to worship Him. He wants this. He wants our fellowship. He wants to commune with us. If we want to commune with Him. Keep reading. Said out loud, God, God is, is spirit. spirit. Now the article A is added. It's just God is spirit. That's what he's made out of. That's what you and I are too. He's called the father of spirits. And you're sitting there right now. Inside that body looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. But you're a spirit. Made in the likeness and image of God. You are an eternal spirit. And if the Lord tears is coming. Centuries after they plant this body. If it goes that long. You will be very much alive. Your spirit. God is spirit. Angels are spirit. Evil spirits are spirits. Spirits. God is spirit. They that worship him. The only way you can worship him. If he's spirit. How are you going to contact him? Flesh contacts flesh. Mind contacts mind. Spirit contacts spirit. They that worship him must worship him how? In spirit. And he uses this word again. And in truth. Genuine. Honest. No phoniness. No playing. No pretending. No lying. No facade. None. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to uh, Luke now. I think you're ready for Luke. In closing, I think. We've covered a lot tonight. Something to think about. Something to chew on. Should you talk to God like he's in the room with you? Because he is. Huh? Should you be aware, you're not traveling alone. Angels are with you. Uh, You know, the Lord said about little ones, he said, their angel does always behold the face of my father. Whose angel? The child has an angel assigned to him. That's the only way we made it out of childhood. (laughs) 
Well, if you're anything like me, it's the only way you made it. I thought I was Superman. I tried to fly off the barn. I thought I was Tarzan. I figured if he could do it, I could do it. I literally, I went out in the woods. I found me some big tall trees and some vines, and I did it. Of course, you find out after a few swings, those vines break, and here you come down. And just, just, I guess every summer, year after year, I made trips, multiple trips to the emergency room. How were you not killed? How about you? Thank God. He has given his angels charge concerning us. And they'll bear us up in their hands. Lest we dash our foot against a stone. They're real. They're here. Brother Hagin, my father in the faith. The Lord gave him visions. One of the aspects of the ministry of the prophet a prophet's called a seer. And uh, the gift of uh, discerning of spirits. Discern includes the idea of seeing into the spirit realm. Most people are not going to see much into the spirit realm. But some people the Lord will allow to see. Now don't believe everything that you hear people say they saw. Because some folks just, I don't know. They ate too much pizza or something. <laughs> don't believe everything you hear. But if it's right, it'll bear witness with your spirit, and you'll you'll know. He said on one occasion that uh, he was praying, and uh, he saw the Lord right there in his bedroom. And he said the Lord was talking to him about his ministry. And he said there was this great big fella standing off off behind his corner, behind his shoulder, right over there. And he said every once in a while, he'd glance up to, Brother Hagin said he'd glance up to look at him and he'd start to say something, but he'd look back at Jesus and he, he wouldn't say anything. And uh, so this went on for a little while and finally he said, he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, who is that big fella and what does he represent? He said he was huge. Maybe, I don't know, nine, ten feet tall. Big guy. And he said, uh, he said, that's your angel. He said, what? My, and he quoted, he said, Jesus quoted to him the scripture we just referred to. Their angel does behold the face of my father. He said, well, why would you think you lose your angel just because you grow up? Did any scripture say that you did? His angel. And uh, the Bible said, talking about angels, they, are they not all ministering spirits? Sent to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. That's me. That's you. And the more you pursue the plan of God. And the more you step out by faith to do the plan of God. The more angels can get involved with you to cause that to happen. This is real. I know some folks don't believe in it. But if you don't believe in it, you don't believe the Bible. But Jesus, as he walked the earth, he was very aware of the spirit realm, wasn't he? Very aware. Very, he was aware of spirits that were causing physical problems and mental problems in people's life. And he'd just tell them to shut up and get out of there. And people would be healed. Is that right? And delivered. He was very aware. Uh, I mean, the, the little girl that had died, he called to her and her spirit came back to her body. And she had been dead for some length of time. Right. This happened more than once. Amen. 
He was aware of the realm of spirit. He spoke to things that most people would think would be nuts to speak to. He spoke to trees. Didn't he? Trees. He spoke to trees. The wind. The waves. All these things. He was aware that we're not just functioning in a material realm. Why? He walked by faith. He pleased the Father every day of his life. And there's no way you can please the Father without faith. And you can't walk in faith unless you're looking at what's not seen. Say it again. I walk by faith. faith. Not Not by by sight. Now let's look at this. Luke. We talked about this last week. I just want to touch on this one, one part. Verse 48, Luke 6, 48. That's not right. Mark is what I should have said. A lot of good things in Luke. Mark 6, 48. Excuse me. Mark 6, 48. Jesus saw the disciples toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary to them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he comes to them doing what? Doing what? Yeah, but you can't do that. But he did. Anybody believe the Bible? Do you believe this actually happened? There's a whole lot of Christians that would say they're Christians. They would say, well, you know, maybe it's just metaphorical. You know, I mean, he just, he's trying to get a point across. How can it not just be a blatant lie? If you don't say somewhere in the passage, listen, this didn't actually happen. This is metaphorical. (laughs) When you say in the passage, he got out, he walked on the sea, and you just leave it like that. Either he did or he didn't. Either it's true or somebody's lying. And if you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin without an earthly daddy, you ain't got much problem with this. If you believe his body was cold and dead in the tomb for days, but he raised from the dead physically, you don't have much problem with that. And all of another thousand accounts in this book that are nothing less than miraculous. But what looks like magic and fantasy to some people is just a lack of understanding to those who know the reality of other dimensions. This is not magic. This is just a manifestation of another dimension that exists in parallel with us. All the time. Keep reading. Verse 49. But when they saw him doing what? It mentions it again. It says it again. Then he was doing what? Walking upon the sea. No, it's not that it was super shallow. It's not that he knew where the rocks were. <laughs> he either is or he is not. Walking on the sea. That defies what we know of the laws of physics. The density of the water versus the density of his body, the pull of gravity. But 
You're just talking about one realm. Here's the thing. Peter said, if that's you, bid me to come. He said, well, come on. Come on. And Peter stepped out. And what did he do? How? By faith. But here's another way you could say it. He was walking by faith. He was also walking in the spirit. And he was walking on spirit. He was walking on something. True or not true? He, I mean, something is holding him up. Both of them. They're walking on something. What are they walking on? If you walk by faith, you don't walk by sight. If you walk by faith, you're not looking at the things that are seen, but nor are you looking at nothing. We understand by faith that all this material universe, our own planet, our own bodies, and all the planets that we're aware of, they were created by faith, by the word of God, out of things that don't appear. Not nothing, things that don't appear. It's something, it's real, it's firm. Firm enough, you can walk on it. Real enough, it can cause cancer to disintegrate and evaporate. Real enough, it can cause the motion of healing and, and the movement of cells in your body to speed up to the point to what would take six months can happen in five minutes. Spirit is real. God is real. Faith accesses that dimension. Oh, come on. Can you see it? This is why the Lord keeps telling us, keeps pulling on us, talking to us. Where's your faith? Come on. Have some more faith. Believe me. Trust me. Why? Because he doesn't want us limited to this death-filled, curse-filled material world. He wants us to tap into that dimension. To tap into Him. To tap into the life, the power, the healing, the quickening, the revelation, the wisdom. It's as close as faith. It's as close as believing. The people that had these miracles happen in in the gospel accounts under Jesus' ministry. What did He attribute? The woman with the issue of blood. Been through all these procedures. Spent all this money. And when she touched Him... He perceived virtue or power or anointing went out of him and into her. What is anointing? That's something from the realm you can't see. You can't put it under a microscope. But is it real? And immediately she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Something healed her. I said something healed her. If you believe the Bible. Something healed her. Praise God. Here's a man blind. Jesus said, Come here. He spits, takes some dirt. He rubs it in his eyes. 
He says, now you go wash that off in a very specific place, pool of Siloam. You'll come again seeing. What happened? Spirit was manifested in that mud, in that spit, in that water. Something else got in that and changed his eyeball. If an optic nerve needed to be created, it was created. I don't know. If there was something that he wasn't born with, it happened. We see case after case after case. The power of God can do anything. Every material thing you see was created by this same power. Why does it seem a thing far-fetched that a body part, the rest of it could be restored or healed or something from the same power that created the whole material universe? But if you won't believe it, if you're a scoffer, if you're a doubter, if you're a mocker, it'll be a realm that you can't touch. It'll be a dimension that you'll be oblivious to your whole life until you die. And it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Not only will you believe that a spirit realm, you'll realize I is one. Always was one. I am a spirit. Hallelujah. When Jesus came walking on the sea, what's he walking on? What's he walking on? How's he not sinking into the water? When Peter steps out of the boat, what's he walking on? What's he walking on? Now we know faith was the key. Because when Peter started sinking, what Jesus talked to him specifically about. Why'd you doubt? Where's your faith? Why? His faith was accessing the spirit power. His faith was accessing. Allowing the spirit reality to manifest between the bottom of his foot and the wave. And it was real enough and solid enough. He's standing on it. Just like Jesus is. You can't walk on the water. Well, technically, you may be right. But if you'll put some spirit and faith in between your foot and the water, you can walk on that just fine. Jesus proved it. So did Peter. Stand on your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. Oh, just lift your hands. You can access spirit right now. The Bible said to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You set your mind on him and you believe in him and you draw near to him and you touch him spirit to spirit you can touch him oh hallelujah Lord we worship you Lord we give you praise Lord we give you thanks Lord we give you glory we adore you and magnify and Praise you, Lord. 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 Come on and praise him, son. 
Healing power is right here. Delivering power is right here. Restoring anointing is right here. Oh, let's praise him some more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him some more. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.